We are now pleased to be joined by Andrew Kayser, the head, head strength and conditioning coach of the, um, probably going to butcher this, Torpedo Nizhny Novogard. How's it going, Andrew? Good, boys. Good. Yeah, close enough. Close enough. Close but enough, yeah. uh, Nizhny Novogard, a little bit of a mouthful, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Good to be on here, boys. Thanks for having me. Thanks. I appreciate it. And uh, I'm Terry Time as usual, and I'm joined, I'm joined also with my colleague, uh, John Neiman. How's it going, buddy? Not bad. Pleased to be here. Cat, uh, great to have you on the show. So you guys know each other from from where? Uh, from university, I mean, yeah. uh, Laurentian, uh, we both went there. Uh, I went there uh, for five years. I think John just went there for four. So I was on the the long, the long, uh, <laughs> the long <laughs> haul. That makes took sense. his victory lap. Took his victory <laughs> lap. <laughs> um, but uh, but yeah, I, I went there in you know, 2008 to 2013. John, when did when did we meet again? I think it was. Uh, we met, so it was my first year in 2010. Yeah. 2010, yeah. I came to see you guys. I was living off campus, and a couple of buddies, we had some mutual friends, and I came to meet you guys on uh, on res. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think that was uh, a good night, like the many we had. And then I think we oh, worked yeah. together at uh, at pub, right? Yeah, for a little bit. So you were, so uh, CAC was DJ at our pub, and I was uh, a bouncer. As, as hard as that is to believe, we didn't have very big. I was going to say you're probably the nicest bouncer ever. We, yeah. <laughs> so my my uh, my strategy with diplomatic philosopher uh, talks. So I would always somehow manage to convince people to just leave the bar instead of me having to kick them out, which there was awesome. Yeah, hey, the nicest guy, John. But uh, yeah, it was a good time. <laughs> so Andrew, uh, tell us about your journey, man. How'd you end up in Russia? I mean, you're you're from you're from Toronto. You yes. went to Laurentians. How'd you end up uh, being the strength and conditioning coach in Russia? Give us a little bit of your your story here. Well, I'll give you a Coles Notes uh, version for short, but um, after I, I did a postgraduate uh, after my undergrad at Laurentian, I did a postgraduate in exercise science at uh, Guelph Humber University, just uh, north of Pearson Airport here in Toronto. And, uh, you know, like any young kid, you're not sure what the, what the fuck you're going to do next. And, you, you know, I, I wanted some hands-on work. So sure enough, that postgraduate gave me a lot more hands-on and, uh, and part of it was there was an internship uh, component at the end, about 400 hours. And so, you know, the young, naive kid, I just Googled strength and conditioning coaches, Toronto, you know. And uh, at the time, I, I had a mentor, Brent Welsh, and, and he uh, he was my professor at the, at the school. And he said, just if you're interested in this, just kind of, you know, go with it, see where it goes. So sure enough, I Googled a couple of guys. Gary Roberts came up. Uh, a guy named Matt Nickel came up. So I emailed both of them and uh, sure enough, heard nothing. Um, you know, I, I say this, uh, I've said this before, but my dad was kind of the driving force behind it. He always said, be their next best problem. So I didn't understand what that meant. He's like, berate them. You know, <laughs> if you want this, email the guy, find out his number, call him. So sure enough, I wanted to work with Matt um, and little did I know he was a big deal in the strength and conditioning community and especially in ice hockey. Um, so I ended up getting inter internship with him. I did it, you know, the summer of 2013, I think it was 2014 actually, um, did three months unpaid internship and then he hired me right after. So I worked with Matt for about four years and, um, you know, he's working, I got to work with some top dogs, which is amazing. Sagan, McDavid, um, you know, Wayne Simmons, uh, um, uh, Tom Wilson, Jordan Bennington, um, Devonte Smith Pelly. So, so you know, like the list, the list goes on. And I was, I was really, really fortunate and humbled to 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 be even, you know, 
I kept telling myself, like, I'm, I'm a fraud. Like, I, I don't, you know, <laughs> what, what am I, what am I doing here? <laughs> you know, I, I didn't know how much of a big deal it was until I guess I left. Yeah. Um, and so, uh, in, in 2018, um, I wanted to kind of, you know, go do something with my career and, and, uh, not be kind of, uh, under the amazing shadow of Matt Nickel. Um, so I, I ended up applying for a job in, in China at all places and, um, with the Chinese Olympic committee, uh, training the Olympians for the, uh, the 2020 Tokyo games, which is obviously now postponed. Yeah. Um, so I got the job there it was a one year contract and, uh, fulfilled the year. And then little did I know, like, uh, the Kunlun Red Stars women's team. So there's a KHL team and there's a women's team and, uh, they, every team they, they, has, every team has a women's team. No, just just the Kunlun team. Okay. They're owned by a, a same owner, and and uh, his name is Billy Nagak, and the guy's a multi-billionaire. Like you'll ne- you've never heard of this guy, but he's got <laughs> third fucking amounts of money. Like he has you know four private jets, uh, two yachts, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, you know, ten houses all over the world. Um, and so he owns both teams. Anyway, uh, regardless, um, I, I got a call from their head coach through another good friend of mine, Steve Nightingale, who's a strength coach um, for the, the Kunlun men team at the time. And they said they're looking for a strength coach in women's hockey. Would you be interested? Sure enough, of course. So the team we played at a Shen, I, I got hired and the team we played at a Shenzhen, China, which is close to Hong Kong there. It's borders Hong Kong. And, um, uh, amazing experience, you know, 30 degree weather all, all year oh, round yeah. is it's fucking amazing. I, I'm tanning and then, you know, I'm, I'm inside the cold arena and then you'd leave and it'd be 30 degrees, you know, like playing in LA I can imagine, <laughs> or Florida. That's awesome. And then, uh, you know, we, we played out of the WHL, which is the women's hockey league in Russia. So that Shenzhen to Moscow flight is like a 10 hour flight. Okay. So we'd have to fly to Moscow for away games. So we'd have like two weeks home stints and then like two three week away stints that's crazy. so we play you know six seven eight games on the on the road and stuff long story short we ended up winning the championship uh this year in march and 2020 and uh which was amazing and then you know um went on a big bender afterwards and then uh, <laughs> i'm just sitting at home like anyone during quarantine uh, about may or june and, and a good friend of mine uh you know, Kevin Chapman, who was the strength coach of Torpedo um, last year, uh, said, hey, listen, I'm not going back, but I recommended you for the job. And, you right. know, I'm, I, I mean, you know, Kevin and I have just known each other for a year. So uh, I guess when you're a good person and, and you try hard and, and uh, you help other people out, I guess good things happen to you as well. So, you know, he recommended for the job. I met up with my head coach who actually lives 20 minutes north of uh, me in Toronto. And um, he ended up hiring me, uh, you know, within two days. So it was a big whirlwind. And it's like, you know, you never know who you're going to meet and who you're going to know. And so, yeah, off to, off to Russia again. So, uh, yeah, it's been great over here. So, I mean, there's we hear horror <clears throat> stories about the KHL and and whatever. I mean, it's it's I've always, it's this it's like this weird um, – it's this thing that we all know is there, but we don't really like. If you're not in tune with it, you kind of just like ignore it, kind of thing. That's the, that's what I feel like the KHL is. I know it's there. I know it exists, yeah. but I don't know what's going on there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like it's, like, <laughs> it's literally behind the red curtain. I think that's the way I see it. What? What? Yeah. So I mean, I hear of planes. I mean, obviously there's a story about the team that the crash, but I hear horror stories about the planes 
have you had any crazy experiences when it comes to like the transports and things like that? Because I'm very curious to know what the situation is. No, it's a great question. I mean, uh, you know, we don't know what we don't know, right? So it's it's uh, it's one of those <laughs> like I mean, I you know, being in the WHL, we, we just flew economy. So okay, you know, our, our team had a lot of money, but we don't we didn't have a private jet like the men's side. So so most uh, most men's teams have private jets. Yeah, so our team, oh, yeah. our team, we have a charter plane. Oh, so yeah. nice. now the regulations since that incident have obviously gone way up, way up, way up. So, I mean, the plane that our team has is about five years old. So it's obviously relatively very new. Um, you know, our, our bus is about, uh, you know, 10 years old, team, our team bus. But, you know, regulation-wise, safety-wise, things have gone way up since that <clears throat> incident years and years ago. But, um, I mean... You know, it, it's a different experience within itself, that's for sure. And and Russia's uh, Russia's an amazing company. Uh, excuse me, country. Um, it, it's an amazing place to be. I would live in Saint Petersburg or Moscow. That's Everybody says say. that, yeah. Yeah, they're, they're gorgeous. They're amazing. Yeah, um, I, he I heard Moscow's beautiful. Yeah, unbelievable. All right, Jack, you, you got to answer one question that's been eluding us forever, and I think you know what's coming. Can you tell us what this Russian gas is? Oh yeah, and and where can I get some? Yeah, where can we get some? So, so I, I actually do a little research and talk to my team doctor about the question. <laughs> so um, I, I'm forgetting the name, but it's a mix of certain things. And what players would do is they would take it either before the game or a day before the game. And what it is, it's, um, I don't want to say, uh, it, it big in, 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 in foreign countries is enhanced recovery. Okay. Um, and uh, we want to recover really quickly, whereas the body body will do its own thing regardless of what you want. Yeah. Um, and so you'd, you'd inhale it. For about 10 seconds, you'd be like high okay. um, to the point <laughs> where like, you know, you're getting your wisdom teeth out high, like, you, you know, like, and then about a minute later, you'd be all good. And then yeah. no, with they no pain, your knee hurts, you're, you're, you're gone. I mean, what what it's supposed to do, to, to my knowledge and what I've been told, again, don't quote me on this, yeah. but <laughs> uh, it's supposed to uh, enlarge the blood vessels to allow for more oxygen intake into the body. And okay. so you can recover faster. Muscles can, you know, throw waste out faster. Scar tissue can be removed faster. Stuff like that. So okay. it's enhanced so recovery. In, in North America, it would be illegal probably. Yes, and it is it is illegal, but it's still done. I'm, our team doesn't do it, um, and I know a lot of teams aren't doing it anymore. But I would yeah, say yeah, we hear less and less of it, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I would say five, ten years ago was being done a lot, um, and guys would even do it in you know intermissions. You know what I mean? So uh, that was my next question: Do guys have guys gotten addicted to this? Like it, it must be to guys like that are just crazy, crazy, crazy athletes that just like want to be on the ice all the time. They for sure, they for sure get addicted to it. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, I, I, I can imagine maybe an addiction happens, but I can imagine an addiction happens probably worse drugs, like drugs and alcohol, you know, especially with hockey players, right? So, uh, um, but I, I, I'm not sure about addiction, but I know that guys would, you know, maybe, you know, hockey player, every athlete's so superstitious, so I can imagine it was in part of their superstitions the whole time, you know, I need to do my warm-up and the gas, then go on the ice or whatever, maybe, you know, something I, like that, so. I can, ima I can imagine I can imagine. And the thing about Russia, like I said, it's this whole thing. So they kind of do things a little differently over there. 
is there anybody over there that just refuses to come to the NHL that you've seen play? I mean, now you're you're the strength and conditioning coach at uh, Torpedo Nizhny Vorgorda. Red. Avocado. Avocado. Novgorod. Is that it? Novgorod. 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 And I wrote it down wrong. And uh, there's because I know of one guy. He I know he came here to, to our hockey tournament, and his son was really good, and he plays in the KHL. His name is Sharapov. I don't know if you know who he is. And mm-hmm. he he's like this. And we watched his highlights. We're like this guy is unbelievable. And he's he's one of the guys that just didn't want to leave Russia. Just wanted to stay in the NHL. Is there anybody out there that's like crazy and that would be that would kill the NHL? That's in the KHL. Yeah, like there, there's the, like it's the second best league in the world. There, yeah. there's some sick players. Like I mean, you know, and and most of the guys that are were, were good in the NHL come over right as a part of you know ending their career or you know rebounding their career to maybe go back to the NHL. So you know, there's some guys I've never heard of that like have gone fifth round in the NHL draft who are just lighting up the KHL. And you know why? Why would they leave? Listen, you know, like I'm playing for my hometown team. Everyone loves me. I'm making maybe maybe you know one to five million US per year. Uh, what's why would I leave? You they know hate, what I mean. They I'm hate Canadians. They hate Americans. Perfect. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I'm I'm comfortable, and you know you know like uh, everything's working out for me. So why would I leave, right? So, but there's a lot of guys like you know for example our starting goaltender uh, Alex Melichuk. Mm-hmm. He he just signed a two year with San Jose, so he's got a report in like. A couple days here or or a week or we're not sure yet because the nhl is not sure yet when they're starting so you know he's 22 years old but he wants to go to the nhl so some of these guys have that will and desire because it's the best league in the world and others are just super satisfied staying at home you know what i mean yeah so to each his own right to each his own so yeah of course i mean i it's always like this. We have this thing in North America. Where we assume that everybody wants to come here, kind of thing. Where some people are just very happy where they are, and that's the way I saw it. With like, I mean, we saw it with Radulov. You know, what I mean, Radulov went back. He's like, "Fuck this shit. I don't want to stay." He he lived in Quebec, you know. So it's maybe he had a little different of a culture shock there. But I don't, yeah. he's, and then he went to Nashville. So like, yeah. I don't know. If that's, <laughs> I don't know if that's where Russians want to be, you know. So, yeah. and so I can understand why he went back. But it's uh, it's interesting. I've always liked. I've always been infatuated with the KHL I just know nothing about it you know and it's like I always look at I'll look at stats and stuff so when I when I met this guy Sharapov he has his own hockey stick too he made his own he makes his own sticks and I think he said like his entire team is, is sponsored by him and he gives them all sticks and stuff super nice guy monster yeah. great player older guy and when he was telling us he's like we just there's a lot of guys that just don't want to come here because there's no point they have their families like you said everything you said and uh, I, think, I don't think people realize how good talent people are in the KHL and how you can find guys drafted in the fifth round like you said in the nhl and just light it up over there and maybe two three years from now they come back and they light it up over here you know so it's 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 different it's a different mentality over there it's very different exactly exactly and it's like you know we we the league is so i mean it's 23 teams uh used to be 24 last last year team folded because of covid so 23 this year but you know we it's played over five countries like it's it's a massive it's in china too right yeah, I mean, it used to. So, I mean, the, the team in China, the teams out of Beijing, the Kunlun Red Stars, um, they they're they're in Moscow this year because of COVID. So, because of that border situation, China's not letting any foreigners in. Doesn't matter if you're part of a team. Doesn't matter if you're a foreign delegate. Like you're you're not coming in. So, 
that they playing out of Moscow this year. So now it's only out of five countries, but like just the landmass. I mean, I don't know if you ever looked at a map of Russia recently. <laughs> my God, it's fucking huge. Like, it's on, it's it's on my open. daily to do's there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like we play, there's a team that plays close to Tokyo, Japan, okay. and we are close to Moscow, and that's a 10 hour flight. So, like, you can imagine. That's a bagger. So most teams, they'll go over, play the team twice or once, whatever it is, how much they're playing them during that year, if they're division or non-division. And then just say, we got to get the fuck out of here immediately. And then the league will give you five to seven days recovery because it's such a bagger on the body. Yeah. So. What would, uh, so speaking of all those countries what would you say is your favorite town or favorite city you've been in like when you're on the road to just to you know go grab a beer just to visit so i'd say um i'd say i mean like i like i said earlier saint pete's and moscow boys are like unreal uh, i mean the history there i mean you know they're hundreds of you know if not a thousand years old some of these cities right so i mean moscow's 20 million people like that's crazy moscow's absurd it's, it's so it's New York it, with a it's a bigger mass in New York. It's bigger than New York, but it's it's the size of New York, the population in New York. Oh, it's 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 outrageous. Mm-hmm. Like you know, Terry, to your point, like it's it's uh, I I mean, there's always something to do, and it's literally the city that never sleeps. The Moscow, you know, Russia <laughs> call it that, and um, and everybody's so, hopped up on Russian gas. That's what it is. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> it depends on the vodka. The vodka. So. The vodka. But but and then and then even St. Petersburg is just gorgeous and the history there is is gorgeous the architecture and and uh, I mean that's you know six seven million people so that yeah. you know that's not a small town either but uh, I I could live there and I could again have a beer I've had some big nights there uh, that's for sure with my uh, my my former my coaches last year and and uh, coaches this year as well so um, they uh, they get after it over there. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, my, my coaching staff this year uh, is fantastic. I mean, you know, I, I, David Nimorowski is our head coach. Uh, David played 100 games in the NHL um, for Florida Panthers, all of them. Sandis Ozilich, uh, you guys may have heard of. Sandis Ozilich is our assistant coach. He played That's 900 nice. games in the NHL. Um, Sandis is a, a – both David and Sandis are huge mentors of mine. They've really taught me how to be uh, – more of a pro on the men's side and and uh kind of roll with punches a little better and uh just kind of be a better coach and um and then uh, we have artem chubarov he played five years for the vancouver canucks with the sedines fucking you know he he was artem was on the ice when todd bertuzzi suckered steve moore like that's how fucking like (laughs) these guys have been on the ice for some memorable fucking moments so it's so awesome to talk to these guys about certain you know things like that and like, i find i find hockey players are the best storytellers oh <laughs> i never i didn't play hockey i'm involved in, in minor hockey here because through a friend but i've never played hockey i was a football player growing up and i i, I love talking hockey guys i love it it's because they're, yeah. they're just the best storytellers yeah yeah it's, well, it's always a, a different slang that i'm picking up and it's like it's it's funny it's funny and the way which is really talk, weird because they give the worst interviews the worst, worst. interviews <laughs> That's because it's like the by the book thing, right? Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, just just say the script and and move on, you know, yeah. or whatever. And uh, most of them hate being interviewed, right? By by especially in, in the middle of a playoff game. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Like, why you interview Connor McDavid in between the second and the third when they're tied one one in the playoffs? Like, what do you think he's going to tell you? Their game, their whole game plan? What do you what? Do you, 
What do you yeah. And right before he goes into the room, so he's already pissed. You know what yeah. I mean? <laughs> so, like, uh, they're already down to nothing. He's already fucking fired up. Yeah. yeah, the last thing he wants to do is talk to Scott Oak and answer his dumb questions. And it's uh, <laughs> yeah, like, fuck. Yeah. I, don't, I don't know how if it's like that in Russia, if they have if that's the kind of broadcast they do. But here, I find it so annoying, man. I think they should just take that out completely. Talk to them after the game, after the game, before the game. But Oh, exactly. Like, David David will do David will do intermission, you know, in Russian. I mean, he's... he's the best part about my coaching staff is everyone's fluent in English as yeah. well as Russian. So it, it's fantastic. As soon as I'll enter the room, the boys will switch to English and sometimes they'll stay on Russian, but they're, they're very nice about it. So I, I know what the fuck's going on really. Which was my uh, next question. Do you speak Russian? Oh, uh, chuchut, which means a little. A little. So, yeah, I can do a... <laughs> a yeah. No, I, mean, I, I learned a lot, right? When you're, when you're, when you're immense in, in the culture, you kind of, you know, sink or swim, right? So it's like, you, you kind of have to uh, figure it out. So I know how to say, you know, like, okay, so good morning. How you yeah. feeling? What, what, you know, I know how to talk to the boys, but most of the Russian guys on the team are, are their English is pretty good. Oh, okay. so, I, I, so I was going to ask you like, what percentage of guys don't speak English? Yeah, I would say, okay. So maybe I would say three or four of them speak zero English on the team. And that's and because then the they're probably from further away from Moscow. And exactly. Okay. Exactly. Fun. But you know what? My job is like 80% visual, 90% visual. Like if I just show them sure. the exercise, the guys will get it. And the guys now, I've been with the guys for like five, six months now. So they know what I expect and they know, you know, technique and form wise what I'm looking for. Whereas at the start, you know, I was, you know, it was, I should have just coached blindfolded. You know, yeah. <laughs> It, it was it was hard, but then the same breath, you know, we have five import guys, so guys from you know, two guys from Canada, three guys from the U.S. on our team, all played in the NHL. Who are quite the a number. Who are the Canadian kids? So we have um, Brady Austin. Um, Brady Austin's from Bob Cajun, Ontario, um, and he's a beauty. Played for the Sabers for a little bit. Played in the AHL a lot. He's a awesome guy. We've really hit it off. Uh, just a great athlete, a great competitor. Um, uh, and then we have uh, Jordan Swars. Um, Swars, he's played uh, for Belleville. He played for Belleville Centers in the AHL last year. And then he's been in the Ottawa system, the Phoenix system a lot. Uh, he's got about 50 NHL games under his belt. So uh, Swars is a beauty. He's a, a personal friend of mine. So like three years ago we met, and then he texted me two <coughs> days before it was official that he signed for Torpedo. Uh, and then he's like, hey, I hope, I hope I hope your testing's not too fucking hard. And I'm like, wait, what? And he's like, oh, I signed with Torpedo. I said, oh, fucking right. <laughs> and put two and two together. So uh, yeah, so he, you know, he's a buddy from home, and and uh, um, so it's been it's been great having those guys over there. And then and then our, our our Americans are Chris Weidman. Wide's played for the Senators for about 200 games. Yeah, and Calgary uh, too. Wide is an elite defenseman. He's. Uh, He's a great guy. He's uh, he's just he's taught me how to better be a better coach. That's for sure. Because, you know, some of those guys expect things like boom, 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 and and so I got to be on my toes a lot with certain things and and uh, making sure those guys are are ready to go. And then Andy Mealy, uh, he's he's our first, one of our first line centers, and he's just a fantastic, nicest guy ever. Um, probably every he won the Hobie Baker in two, 2011 in mm -hmm. the NCAA. So best player in the NCAA. Uh, yeah, he's an unreal player, and then uh, Justin Clouse played for the Minnesota Wild. So we got a we got a great group of guys, and they're all the nicest people. So uh, and even the Russian guys are, are fantastic. Uh, and and uh, most some, a couple of them played in the AHL, and a couple of them are just signed in the NHL. So 
got a good young group. We're actually the youngest team in the league. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah, I think it, I think some fucking stat came out the other day. It's like our average age is 23 years old. So, uh, wow. Yeah, pretty young. We only have two guys that are like one's 35, one's 36. So, right? how many 18-year-olds do you have at that point then? We have we just got a Maple Leafs prospect, uh, okay. Semyon. Um, Semyon just just signed with the Leafs in 2018 for he's drafted second round. So he just uh, he signed with us about a couple years ago. But he's like 20 years old. So you know he's one he's our young one of our youngest players. Uh, and then we got a 19 year old on our team. But uh, most guys are hovering 20 to 25. That's so cool. young, young core, young core for sure. That's crazy. That's cool. Yeah. Um. I lost my train of thought. Yeah, so you mentioned uh, Austin's from Bob Cajun. Isn't that a, yeah. a tragically hip song? I always thought it was like a so- like a city in uh, New Orleans. I had no yeah. idea it was, a, it was a city in Ontario. <laughs> so when you said Bob Cajun, I'm like, whoa, what? It's throwing me <laughs> off. I'm a huge hip guy. Uh, well, yeah, he, he's a huge uh, hip fan. So every time he comes in the gym, he'll be Kaiser. And then he'll <laughs> and then I know I know what to put on. <laughs> that's, that's, that's a good question, too. You have a mix of like all the languages and stuff. What do Russian players listen to? Oh, the boy, the boy. Okay, so like, Heavy you know, metal? Our, wind, our wind song is Rose, uh, Roses by St. John, like the, the remix that, that everyone listens to. So the boys love that song. Um, and then, uh, but but they'll listen to anything. Like, uh, you know, pre-game, the Russians will have Eminem going. Okay. So, uh, the, you know, some hard Eminem going before the game to get all the boys fired up. Uh, but obviously, you know, they like their Russian house or their Russian. I was going to say, they're probably listening to house, house. Yeah. EDM, yeah. Um, and then hip hop as well. So I have a little, you know, a couple songs that I've, uh, you know, I've, I've Spotify or Shazam for the boys. So they, they love it when I'll throw it on if we're lifting in the gym or just warming up in the gym or whatever. I love how you're the, you're the DJ too. I was yeah, say, yeah, 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 yeah. You could think you got some past experience in that front. Uh, <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. So who, who would you say, who, who's a Russian DJ you discovered as a result of this that you would uh, recommend? Oh, that's a good, oh, Rompasso. He's sick. Yeah, uh, he's sick. And then Matthias and Soka are from St. Petersburg. Uh, and I've heard of them before. They're like under Martin Garrix's label. So they're really oh, good. Cool. But yeah, so uh, there's there's a couple big names that I can't really remember right now. But uh, you, you can only imagine. I mean, with COVID going on, nothing's really open, obviously. But uh, uh, you can only um, imagine uh, how it was last year for me. Uh, <laughs> pretty, pretty incredible sometimes in Moscow. <laughs> Where did your uh, your playing career bring you? So I only played I only played AAA. Uh, I, I you know I never really um, amounted to too much. Uh, you know, and I figured if you can't be with them, jo- you know, join them some other way. Uh, you know, I always <clears throat> wanted to be involved in ice hockey, and I've always obviously like most Canadian kids, right? You know, been passionate about ice hockey, um, just from a competitive level to to even just a. Uh, like a fan you know i uh it's 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 honestly it's honestly amazing watching the guys play every night i get a front row seat and you know i get to watch free hockey (laughs) 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 i mean uh, you know it kind of sounds funny but it's it's true and and i get to watch these guys work and and you know live out a dream that i once had like many canadian guys but i mean uh yeah it's just awesome and i'm pretty very humble to to be where i am right now so Uh, Terry, I think you, uh, there's no sound. Yeah, Terry can't hear you. <laughs> it's okay. Kak, uh, quickly, I'm just going to bring up, I'm a slightly insulted. You didn't mention that you were signed by the Sudbury Coniston Men's League Toucans. We were Division <laughs> B champions. That, that's, that's the tipping point of my career, so I had to mention that. 
And it was a pleasure being your defensive partner as well. So hey, that was we were good, man. We were good together. That was we were awesome. Was that mixed? We were mixed, right? Uh, no, two we cans. No, 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 no. Two cans was like uh, two cans. I was Plurto was uh, on our team. Yeah, Plurto's on our team. We had a uh, Tommy Walpole. We had Matt. Uh, we had uh, we had uh, Tommy Matheson, Carruthers, Danny uh, Shepherd. What, what does John have to work on, Andrew? What? It, oh, not much. Staying out of the box. <laughs> not, not, probably top two-handed guys. I, I, told, I told him, take out all that fucking aggression at pub. He never, he never would. He just always wanted to take it on the ice. So. <laughs> I said, you can bully a guy at pub and kick him out. He's like, I'd rather do it on the ice, two-handed over the fucking head. <laughs> so, Terry, in our league, there was, uh, for fighting, there was no suspension. We had no suspensions in our oh, league. amazing. But if you got into a fight, it was a $100 fine, and you couldn't play until you paid the $100 fine. Oh, I'd fight then. So we had we had Apparently one guy who made that we had a guy on our team who made that that quote very famous almost started a huge team on team brawl and he just went you ain't worth it you ain't worth a hundred bucks so it became famous <laughs> then one day this this older gentleman I'd say probably in his fifties just smoked me in the face with an elbow and I was oh, seen red it. and I grabbed him by the collar and he was like you want to fucking go young guy and I was like you ain't worth the hundred bucks old man and I just <laughs> threw him to the ground and just skated away and the next shift he came up to me he goes. I respect that. When I was, <laughs> that when was I, it. <laughs> when I was at Vanya, I was my my head co- my my gym teacher was Herb Medill. I don't know if you guys know who he is, and he uh, he was like a trainer. He trained hockey guys and stuff like that. Anyway, so he was playing in a beer league against my buddy, and my buddy KO'd him with one punch in uh, <laughs> yeah, three, at three on three at NPR, and he uh, he KO'd him. And I was like, "Fuck, man, this is gonna be so bad for me." The guy, but I don't think he knew that I knew him. I thought he, because he saw me there. I didn't think he. I thought he knew that I was gonna be with that guy. And uh, he came to the, he came to class like the next week, and he had like a black eye. It was too funny. It was too funny. These old guys, man, they just want to relive their old days, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. never stop chasing the dream, man. I respect it. So you play. So you played with. Uh, you played with John. He's a legend. We know. Look at the hair. Best salad in the league. Yeah, uh, <laughs> uh, who else have you played with? Like I was saying before, before my mic cut off, uh, everybody has a guy that they in the circle that that made it pro. Who's your guy that made it pro? So I, uh, you know, funny enough, in uh, I went to East York Collegiate here in Toronto, um, and our our high school hockey team was stacked. So at the time, we didn't know we were stacked, but we were. So our first line, our center, first line center was Brandon Tanev, played for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Nice. Uh, still a friend of mine, you know, we don't talk as much as we used to, but, uh, you know, we still talk here and there. And then my defense partner from time to time was Chris Tana for now the Calgary flames. So, you know, I I mean, you know, and, and we never really amounted to much, you know, we always kind of made it to offside and then would just bow out round one or two. Um, but we were a good squad and we had a lot of firepower, but, uh, you know, you know, Chris, I, I saw Chris, uh, you know, two summers ago and, and, you know, we were at, uh, a club in Toronto citizen it's called and, and, you know, sure. Chris had me over and, and, you know, it was like old time. So as soon as I see those guys, like I, I, I you know, I used to, you know, their mom used to pick me up and yeah. drive me, you know, to, every so often to, to practices and stuff like that. So I've known those guys throughout my high school career and obviously I'm 30 now, so it's been a long time, but uh, anytime I see those guys, it's always a great reunion and, uh, you know, so proud of them because, those guys are, you know, went undrafted and overlooked and, and like most guys in the NHL, you know what, I'm going to keep plugging away. And sure enough, they both had gro- late growth spurts and then went the NCAA route. And then who's the, who's now, the one with the long black hair? Is that Chris or Brad? That's Chris. That's Chris. That's Chris. He, I like yeah. him. He's, yeah, a tough, Chris. He's, he's a tough son of a bitch. 
Oh, and he, he is this probably one of the smartest players I've ever played with, let alone, I mean, if he could put up points, he'd be, you know, top five defensemen every year. And, and he, he's so skilled. He's yeah. so smart. And uh, um, he's also a great guy. So it's, uh, I'm, I'm so happy for those guys because they deserve it because they were always the best players on the ice whenever they play. And it's like, man, you know, like Brennan Tannen was five, six when I played with him, five foot six, like, and then now he's six, two. So he had a massive spurt when he was about 18, 19. So he was always overlooked. Yeah, always. So he, yeah, and and so anyway, good. Uh, I'm really happy for him. Now, now he's got a nice little contract. He's sitting yeah. pretty. Yeah, he's yeah, sitting nice exactly. for a few years at least. Yeah. he can retire. Good for him. But that's exactly. that's the thing. As as John's uh, rabbits walking around the back there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's that's the thing about these guys. Some guys they just they they're late bloomers, you know. And it's, some guys are really early bloomers, and you see them kind of burn away. Man, but the smaller guys now, it's they're they're still getting. Uh, they're getting they're getting lessly overlooked, I'd say. You know what I mean? Where back in the days, if you weren't six feet, you're not getting drafted. You know, yeah. so, oh, unless, exactly. unless you have like the sickest hands. No, and and that and to your point, to your point, it's it's uh, it's kind of unfair, and it's like, well, if you're an early, you know, if you're really skilled but you're short, you're you're you know, okay, whatever. And you know, I, I'm five foot eight, five foot nine, so I mean, you know, like. Uh, I mean, not that I was ever any good, but still, you know, like one of those guys that, you know, like so many other players, you get overlooked and it is what it is. But, uh, you know, those guys, uh, you know, they went the NCAA route and sure enough, uh, you know, ended up living their dream. So it's it's tough, man, because it's like you, you get the opportunity and you can't miss it. You know, I had a friend who played. Um, he wasn't drafted. He played his four. He played four years in the queue. Was last year he was leading scorer in the queue, and then he he got signed to actually after his third year, he was he was traded everywhere. He played for like six teams. Every time there was a, a team needed a playoff push, they would trade for him, and he um, uh, the Habs offered him a ECHL contract. He refused it, and then the next year he had his crazy year, so he got signed by the Ducks. Um, yeah. And then from the Ducks, he was playing in San Diego, and then they traded him to Tucson. And it was just like he just kept on getting lost in the shuffle, lost in the shuffle. And now I think he's still he's hovering around the ECHL. I haven't spoken to him in a few months, but uh, it's just it's you you got to put in the work because there's always the next guy up, you know. And it's if for guys exactly. like Tanez, if they're undrafted, I look at guys like David Perron, and you know what I mean, guys that just you can make it. It just it, do you want it bad enough? That's all it is, right? Exactly, yeah. and and you know the the will the will of a human and and the will of a champion to kind of you know like uh, I don't care what anyone says I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna make this and I'm yeah. gonna do it and, and to your point that that's the thing there's there's you know a thousand guys behind you ready to take your spot it doesn't matter if you're first line guy or a fourth line guy and uh, you know in the KHL it's the same way and the NHL it's obviously even more prevalent so yeah. um, you know how bad do you want it right so what's uh, what's next for you. Well, I, I, you know, uh, I signed a one-year deal with uh, Torpedo, um, and I, I'm obviously really loving it there. Um, and uh, you know, I, I would, uh, I mean, I would envision myself coming back to the team if they'd have me, and if uh, David would want me back. And um, you know, all signs are pointing that way. But uh, who knows? Uh, I mean, my ultimate goal, and, and David knows this, uh, is the NHL, and it's been the NHL since I worked for Matt Nickel and. 2014 2013 there so i uh with the current climate i mean uh right now you just kind of you you, you know you're 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 humbled you have a job and you're lucky you have a job so um but uh, who knows what the future holds but uh, nhl for sure is the goal actually i just remembered one last question john then you can ask your, your your next question is uh who's the most impressive guy physically you've ever dealt with in the league in the khl 
Oh, uh, maybe can I say can can we go ever? Ever. Uh, I would say athletically. Uh, a current guy I'm training right now, Andy Mealy. Athletically, he is so in tune with his body and knows, like I mean, everything that's going on. He moves amazing. His you know biomechanics are amazing. He's uh, and he's also a very good hockey player. And then I would say that maybe the strongest guy pound for pound would be Wayne Simmons or Tyler Sagan. Okay, I've seen I've seen Wayne Simmons do, you know, pull, like six six pull ups with two 45 pound plates around his waist for for reps. You know, mm-hmm. like I'm, I mean, Tyler Sagan did I think a hundred pounds for two in the gym when I was there. Um, you know, and guys they, are they super. They train under Matt Nickel or Gary Roberts? Yeah, they train under Matt Nickel. Like another guy, uh, uh, another you know friend of mine, Darnell Nurse. Darnell is trap bar deadlifts five hundred pounds. So that's like crazy. I've seen some amazing feats of strength from hockey players. Yes, for football players that's kind of whatever, but uh, but for hockey players that's pretty incredible. So um, I, I'd say you know strength and, and athleticism are, are different in my mind. So. That's um, the thing about football players, uh, about hockey players, is that it's. I don't remember who made the quote, but it, it made so much sense. And obviously, it's not across the board, but they say football players have the 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 conditioning of soccer players. Uh, soccer hockey players have the conditioning of soccer players, and the, and the uh, and the strength of football players. You know, for the same size, and yeah. it makes it makes perfect sense because I see some of these hockey players. Their legs are huge, but they're and they're they're going full pin, and they're just Tree crazy trunks. athletic. Yeah, tree trunks, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Stubs on me. John's got a few. John's got that teardrop down his knee. It's beautiful. <laughs> so, uh, life for that. <laughs> in your time, uh, you can go same same questions, same parameters. But who would you say has the best sense of humor you've ever trained? Oh, best sense of humor. Uh, oh, I'd say uh, you know, current current athlete. I'm training around Chris Weidman. He's uh, oh, yeah. He, yeah, he's on torpedo. He, he's hilarious. The, I don't think there's one thing I could say to him that he wouldn't have some funny rebuttal to come back at, um, or or funny thing to say about it. And uh, uh, he, he's he's super comical. Uh, I'll give you an incident though. When I used to work for Matt, uh, a kind of funny, an embarrassing incident uh, that I had. Uh, so rookie rookie strength coach. It was my first week with the pros. It was like 2015, 2016. I'm nervous as shit. Like I'm I'm you know I don't think I was sleeping all week. <laughs> sure enough, there's um, uh, John. You know the wrist rollers. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you sure got enough, the, the 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 strap that comes down there. Exactly. So I'm yeah. cute with uh, Damante Smith Pelly, who's uh, you know a, fr- a friend now. We've kept in touch. Um, I'm queuing up uh, Debo, and uh, <laughs> I, 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 you know, I'm just okay. I had done it all morning, and Debo, he usually lifts around 10 a.m., 11 a.m., and I'm at the gym at 6 a.m. So I was doing it all morning, and uh, sure enough, I oh, I'm gonna crush this queuing. I'm gonna I'm gonna set it up perfectly. So I, I go to queue him up, and the strap is down around my my waistline, and I don't know it. I thought it was fully recoiled up. Sure enough, I I take it out. I you put your arms out. It goes out. It comes back in. Nails me in the fucking balls. <laughs> and so I just I just dropped and. <laughs> And so Matt, Matt, Matt goes, holy shit, what happened? Are you okay? Everyone's dying laughing in the gym. <laughs> of course, I'm, I'm fucking red. And uh, I, uh, 
I, I didn't miss a beat. I dropped, got back up, queued him up. Everyone's dying. And then I said, that's how you fucking do it. And I left, <laughs> and I left the gym and then I came back in like a second later and everyone's giving me a round of applause. <laughs> Imagine they're all like, yeah, you're worth the hundred bucks. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're worth it, kid. You're worth it. It's funny, it's funny you mentioned Chris Weidman. I got roasted in my fantasy league for for a couple of years because I drafted him. Oh, yeah, I drafted because we had like a keeper league with a cap, and he wasn't making. It was like early on in his career. He was playing for uh, I think he was playing for Calgary, and he uh, he pitched for Calgary at one point, did he? I think he was early. Ottawa? I think it was only Ottawa. I think it was only Ottawa. It was, oh, yeah, really? okay, right. I'm thinking the wrong guy then. Yeah. Oh, there, I know there's another Chris Weidman, but there was the Chris Weidman, the defenseman we're talking about, the curly hair. Dennis Weidman. You're thinking Dennis Weidman. Yeah, he played for Calgary. Yeah, so Chris yeah, Weidman played yeah, for Ottawa. Yeah. So I drafted him, and he wasn't making much that year. I guess it was early on. So he was, didn't affect my salary cap that much. So I drafted him, and I got roasted for a couple of years for keeping him on. I just kept him on my roster just so I can have – because then I ended up drafting – I have McDavid, Matthews, Stamkos, Marner. I have a lot of expensive guys. So I needed cheap guys, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Always, Please tell me you won that year. Please no, tell no, me I lost. I even last year. Last year I had uh, Stamkos, Marner, uh, McDavid, Matthews. Um, Holy Seth, shit! Seth Jones. Uh, yeah. This is my team, but the rest of my team is so bad that I can't win. I never won. <laughs> it make sense because my team is so top heavy. I'm like the Toronto Maple Leafs. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if you're a Leafs fan, but no, no. Uh... I, I, I'm, I'm, uh, so my, my mom's side lives in Vancouver and I've been a Canuck fan for a little bit here, but I know also you, when, uh, Chris you reserve your chirps, out. reserve your chirps, have them <laughs> up, I know, but, uh, but yeah, I mean, that, that would be a dream, eh? Working for them, that'd be amazing. So. It's oh, going yeah. to be fun this year with the all Canadian, the all Canadian division. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Eh? I think that'll be, that'll be, that'll just in heighten some rivalries even more, eh? I think, oh, yeah. I think that Vancouver might create some rivalries with the East. I think I really think that. I'm excited for that. Yeah, I think Vancouver is going to have it fun with, with Toronto. I think they're going to create like a really good rivalry. I really do. I feel like like Vancouver kind of sits in this purgatory for rivalry sense because there's the Battle of Alberta and then there's no other Western Conference yeah, teams, exactly. so they need a rival. Like yeah. they need the Eastern. Who is yeah. the Eastern's rival? Is it probably one of the West Coast teams? Well, it will be. I'm assuming it will be Seattle. No. Oh, 100. percent It has to be Seattle. Yeah. yeah. But I think I think that like if you look back at at uh, you know when when they were in the hunt and they had Luongo and and Bieksa and all the boys and Kessler and all that stuff I think it was Chicago because we could never yes. get past Chicago and it's those true. would be wars those would be wars of, of rounds playoffs. Actually, yeah. actually funny I just I just watched a highlight video this morning of um, it was just a video of, uh, in the playoffs when uh, Chicago went up four nothing in a game I don't know which game it was and they pulled Patrick Sharp off the faceoff and they, Brian Bickle took the faceoff. They lost it in their zone, took it over. Patrick Sharp gets the puck in the corner, sauces it to uh, who was on the break? Hosa, and then Hosa just went right, top, right over the shoulder, Luongo, and it was just like this whole thing. And you just saw Vancouver's players just get like defeated, man. It's like they couldn't deal with it anymore. Back yeah, then we, it was so tough. They were so I, good, but they just couldn't get past them. I know. I think it was like two or three years in a row they couldn't get past them, and then finally uh, Burroughs got yeah. that game winner in overtime. And I, I mean, I remember it because I'm such a Canuck fan. I'll never forget it because he's <laughs> such a bad. It, he tried to. I mean, I forget who tried to get it out, and then it got back in. Like Burrow, went off the stanchion or something. Yeah, you know? exactly. It came, and then back, it came back in. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly. right. Yeah. Burroughs, yeah. uh, Burroughs, best uh, according to a lot of people, probably the best ball hockey player in the world, which is very weird to me. Really? Yeah. Apparently, he's like one of the best ball hockey players in the world. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. It's it's weird to say that. I mean, 
I liked him. I mean, I like he was just he's the type of guy I like. You know, he's like a rat. You know, that's, I love that stuff. That's why I like Kristanov because the reason why I like Kristanov was I remember this one time. I don't know if he got into like a tussle, or whatever it was, but his helmet flew off. His hair's all over the place. He looked like John, and he was. <laughs> and I'm like, fuck, this guy's like he's taped on his wrists, and I was like, this guy's like a tough guy. I had no no idea, and I I had no idea who, where he came from or whatever it was. Then I looked into him and I saw that he was Canadian. I thought he was more Russian. And I was like, uh, I'm like, this guy's a fucking beauty. I love him. One of top ten players for me now. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Andrew. I really appreciate you coming on, man. It was uh, awesome. It was a pleasure talking to you. I could talk to you for another six hours, I think. Oh, Terry, Terry, John, thanks so much for having me, boys. I really appreciate it. Uh, that was a blast. Where can it was people, a pleasure. Uh, where can people reach you? Um, you have an Instagram, a Twitter, anything like that? Yeah, I don't I don't have Twitter. Um, just Instagram at a Kaiser. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, email andrewkaiser at gmail.com if they're interested. But uh, no Twitter and uh, keep it low profile on that. So. <laughs> Good call. Good call. Thanks, John, again. Your beauty is usual. Six shirts. No problem. Thanks for having me. Great hey, to catch up. Cheers. Appreciate it, buddy. Have a good one, guys.